Hi, I'm Sam Lushtag here with Absolute EHS, and I am here today with Jimmy and Mara. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining me. Hi. How are you? Hi. How hey. are you? <laughs> good. Always good. Always home. <laughs> um, so uh, let's start with what, what you both do. Give me your elevator pitch. I know you both do a lot. Yeah. All right. You want me to start? Yeah, you I'll start. Okay. Well, basically what I've been doing the last couple of years or a long time, I have a show, I produce a show called Broadway Tonight. And it consists of Broadway performers from New York. And it's a musical review. They cover and perform all the greatest showstoppers. So we basically perform throughout the world. We've been to Japan, China, Switzerland, Paris, uh, Poland, uh, Hong Kong, and we play a lot of performing art centers. That's basically what we've been doing the last couple of years is performing at performing art centers throughout the US. And, um, and then for myself as well, I also do a one woman show that I perform in senior, for seniors. So now since COVID hit, as you might know, the whole entertainment field is shut down from Broadway to everything, to movies, to TV, everything is shut down, especially live theater because you sit next to each other in a theater. So, our shows have been canceled. We have no idea, even performing, of course you can't go into any assisted living or senior facilities because everything is on lockdown. So it's been kind of tough. It's been a rough road um, in figuring out how to do all this, you know? But that's basically where it is with, with my business. Um, and Jim's too, which he'll tell you about. Mm -hmm. And um, that's where we are as far as work. And when it's going to come back, who knows? Because in a theater, if you have a 1500 seat theater and you have to distance between six to eight feet. Plus the, plus the aisle in front of you and back of you. Plus the aisle in front of you and back of mm -hmm. you. How are you going to get that many people to buy tickets. I mean, how is it going to pay for, you know, for the show? Because we have the, we have airfares, we have hotels, we have performers, we have, you know, you name it. So it's rough and they're still trying to figure it out. Hopefully they will, but it won't be, depends how COVID goes. It won't be until 21, 22. Right. So that's how it's been for me. And of course, nursing homes, what they started to do, they started to ask performers if they wanted to perform in the parking lot. Have you done that? <laughs> no, no. I, I think I'm going to pass on that one. I'm not performing anywhere right now. We're okay. staying at home. <laughs> we're staying at home. So, and, Jimmy, what uh, were you doing before COVID hit? Well, um, we just, like my wife said, we're um, working between Florida and Los Angeles, mostly senior events. Um, prior to that, I worked cruise ships for about 17 years, traveled all over the world. And uh, I worked in Las Vegas with Don Rickles and did a lot of that nice stuff. But uh, recently uh, we've been working mainly 
uh, in uh, on land. And my last job was in February. And uh, my friends, you know, a lot of comedians. And uh, when it first hit, everyone was staying in home. And I put on Facebook, I said, forget it. I said, I'm not gonna let this bother me. We're going on a two week vacation. And I said, we're gonna spend a week in the living room, <laughs> a week in the bathroom, a week in the garage. And then my friends all said, they said when they first read it, you know, we were really mad at you, calling you an idiot. And then we realized that there was a joke there. But um, mainly what I'm working on now are uh, screenplays and TV concepts that I've, I've written over the years and never had a chance to uh, really promote them because I was performing all over. And uh, one is about the homeless. And right now that's my, uh, my dream. I wanna really try to do something and help, help these people because uh, they, they can't help themselves at this point. And uh, I, what inspired me when I lived in New York, I uh, used to catch a bus every night because you don't drive in New York as you know. And, uh, so across the street was a homeless man in a, in a school, uh, like a parking lot. And I'd wait for the bus and I'd try to talk to him and he wouldn't, he wouldn't say anything. And after a while, there was a deli across the street and I bought him a bowl of soup. And I said, I know you don't want to speak, but I know you're hungry. So I gave it to him. And I did it for about a month. And finally we started talking and it turned out that he was a surgeon from Cleveland. Uh, he's been homeless for two years and he operated on his daughter and she died on the table. And since that day, he walked away and never went home. So we talked for about a month and I said, you know, I says, you lost a daughter. You never, you, it was a terrible thing for you. I said, but your family lost you and, and you're an uncle or a brother, whatever you are. And so one night I came to the bus stop and he wasn't there and there was a bowl of soup there. And he said, thank you. And so I don't know whether he went back to Cleveland or whatever, but I know I had something to do with his life. And so that's my concept or that's my introduction to this show. And I'm gonna to try to get people to not just look at the homeless to really help them. Because they, uh, believe me, they want help. They'd love to get off the street. That's, that's very noble. So Mara, between working with seniors and Jimmy working with the homeless, these are two uh, very plighted groups, particularly with coronavirus. How are you adjusting with the pandemic and what your passions are and what you're doing? Well, luckily I have some other, other passions too, <laughs> other than theater, you know, and I- I'm one of them actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so we've actually been doing I think quite well yeah. you know and um we have our routine every day but my other passion I'm very I have always been very interested in the spiritual and healing and meditation and and I have a book out called whispers of the heart which is a very beautiful book and and loaded with all kinds of good stuff in it, you know. So I do Zoom groups. Um, I have clients that since we I can't see them in person, we Zoom and we have group meditations and and all good stuff. And and then other than that, um, that's taken a lot of my time. But we kind of have our routine down, like most people do. You know, we make sure we exercise and we eat well and we 
we just came in, we just did a two mile walk. And, uh, and then come seven o'clock, we never really watch TV, but we've become TV junkies for <laughs> <laughs> a couple of shows that we really like. And so that takes about three hours at night and then it's time to start all over again, you know, but, um, but we've been, we've been doing pretty good. We go for our walks, we do our shopping, you know, once a week or so. And we're very careful. We have not eaten in restaurants at all. And uh, we have not had any friends over or have we gone, we went to one friend's house because we know she's never gone out. She's, she's good, you know, and she's been tested. But other than that, that's, that's you know, what we've been doing, right? Anything yeah. else? You oh, think? you know, when you have so much time, you realize that there are things around the house or ideas that you had 10 years ago or five years ago you start thinking about them and you, uh, you just you just sort of settle your your past. You know, is there's a couple of uh, items that I want, or was a memory course that I wanted to take and maybe 10 years ago it was on cassette tape and I found yeah. it, so I put it on the cassette and I, I learned that, I work on that. Another so you kept thing. forgetting to do it, right? Yeah, right, that's it, yeah, right. Then I forgot what the tape was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there is such, that reminds me, there was a comic many years ago, Dick Capri. Yeah. We worked, Jim worked with him many times in Florida. And he kept saying to me, he said, you know, I think my memory is starting to go. I don't remember certain things. So I said, well, there's a great, great vitamin to take. He said, really, what is it? And I said, I can't think of the name. <laughs> <laughs> it was Ginkgo Valola. I said, Dick, I said, I, I can't think of the name of it. <laughs> but um yeah cleaning out a lot you know just cleaning out a lot too and cleaning and cleaning a lot cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and but there's so many great things on youtube too you know i'm just always on youtube and checking things out and that's always good so so, all right, so Marilyn, uh, with your book and your Zoom sessions, are you currently taking bookings? Uh, yes, I am. Absolutely, for sure. Um, so, yes. Yeah, tell, tell us how, uh, how we get in touch with you, what we would expect. Yeah, well, well, the book, Whispers of the Heart, it's a book that just came through me. I. I just hear a voice and I receive this information and, and everything I've received went on paper or into a tape recorder and it's taken about 40 years to get all the material together and to complete the book. But the book is full of lessons. There are 18 lessons in the book, spiritual lessons on everything that you could think about and and a meditation to go with each lesson but so but for about 40 years i've been seeing people individually you know privately private sessions and i've also done group sessions people that are interested in healing people that are interested in deepening or opening up or learning more about other you know other things other than just our everyday lives you know, and how we could enhance and how we can better ourselves and grow and, and be more perceptive and more intuitive, you know. 
So that's basically what the book, it's a very loving book and beautiful, beautiful guidance in the book. And that's pretty much what the sessions are, you know, individual or group sessions. Um, I had a group for a long time that was just interested in developing this other sense that we all have. And that was wonderful, you know. So a lot goes on. I've had some great clients. I've had Barry Manilow. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I've had, do you remember Renee Taylor from The Nanny? I don't know if you remember. Yes, Renee. Yeah, a lot of great clients over the years. And um, it just kind of comes to me, I don't publicize a whole lot at all. And it just kind of, whoever it's supposed to reach, it reaches, whoever I'm supposed to see, I see. So that's pretty much how, the, how it goes. Well, but if any feel reached, there will be a link to uh, Mara's website in the description here. So feel free to click. Um, yeah, and the book can be purchased on Amazon. Excellent. Mari Joyce Chapel, Whispers of the Heart. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> Do you still fly? Oh my goodness, this isn't an interview about me, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful, I couldn't believe it. Mara told me that. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, we should we should probably tell everybody, uh, we're all related, we're cousins. Um, <laughs> Yes, uh, I, I haven't flown in well over 10 years. Once all the gas prices started going up, you know, eons ago, like a lifetime ago. Yeah, uh, yeah it just, it wasn't really feasible anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But it's one of those things I keep wanting to do again. You miss it? Oh, yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to be 30,000 feet above everybody else, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe if I uh, read your book, I'll feel like that. <laughs> yes so jimmy are you offering anything remotely like mora like my mara pardon are you are you are you offering any kind of remote i don't know comedy sessions or uh yeah. performances or any side gigs is there any is there anything on youtube or anything oh, that yeah, you could oh, offer yeah. or that you're sharing that you want to share um no not not really not really <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just right now focusing on I have so many projects I have a project for the homeless I'm, I'm sort of on all that maybe rewriting I have a screenplay I have a, a show for children for children who who family whose families never worked on physical fitness or nutrition and uh, we're going to bring on stars to talk about different muscles and maybe attract the kids to, to start watching and uh so they can learn more about that in their lives because more children today have diabetes than ever before they're, they're having rough times so um, working on that i have a collection of newspapers ten thousand newspapers that i i have uh, collected newspapers and books from 1700 and uh we're going to promote that but a lot of a lot of different things you know it's, you guys are keeping busy this is awesome yeah yeah yeah. So one of the things I, I wanted to ask you about is I know you, you're, you're uh, I guess you're dual residents, Florida and California, which oh, were both yes. very hard hit. <laughs> so can you yes. tell me, where were you when the shutdowns happened? How did you decide where to we, land? We were here, actually, when COVID started. In California. We were in California, sorry. Yeah, in California. We usually 
go to Florida right. um, in the winter, usually from November till May or so. Yeah. We, we, planned, we planned a special trip. We were supposed to go to Israel in September. Oh. We just, we just got our passports. We just booked everything. We came home and this hit. So that, <laughs> so that was all canceled. So, uh, so we have not been in Florida for almost a year now. And I don't know when we're going to go back. You know, it's, um, we're hoping to go back maybe in June or July, just for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Depends on COVID. I mean, we don't want to go sit in our apartment in Florida, you know, mm -hmm. I'd rather be here in California. So we don't know. But yes, we miss so our Florida. Had you had you been in Florida? Too, yeah. Had you been in Florida during the lockdown? Do you think you would have stayed or tried to get back to California? Wait, you froze. Couldn't hear you. That's okay. I think we have a bad connection. Um, had you had you been in Florida during the lockdown? Do you think you would have stayed there, or you would have tried to come to California? I would think, yeah, because getting on a plane. After that happened, it was very, very frightening. You know, uh, we we would have we would have worked it out there. You know, just before COVID hit, when we actually knew about it, we were hearing rumors about it or what have you. My company, we were flying. I did so much flying those two weeks. You know, and um, and then when it hit and we had shows that we were supposed to do, like two weeks into COVID when we found out. And of course those shows were canceled, but we were still waiting to hear, are we gonna fly or aren't we gonna fly? But I had done so much flying right around COVID that um, now that you think of it, it was pretty scary, you know? Yeah. Really so when, when the company shut down, cause it sounds like you work, you work with a large number of people and clients, both of you all over the world. Yeah. How did what was kind of the final moment when you decided to pull the plug and cancel events or oh, talk to the actors? Yeah, there was this one show. It was actually um, on the other coast in Florida that we had the contract for. And and um, the, the lady who booked us, you know, for the show, she was going back and forth. Well, I'll let you know next week if it's going to go on. So far it's going on. And I thought, oh my God, the show is still going on. No, this can't be. <laughs> and so we kept going for like a week and a half, you know, and I kept praying, God, let the show be canceled because I didn't want my company to fly, you know. But um, she finally, finally emailed me. She said, I have sad news. She said, but the show has been canceled. So it was, I was happy. I was very happy because I, I didn't want to go through that and I didn't want the company to go through that. And um, yeah, so that's, and I just knew all the other shows were going to be canceled as well. And they were. So uh, I guess how me, many- We have, I was talking about my uh, newspaper collection. Yes. Um, we, it took me, yeah, 10,000 newspapers, books, you know, stuff from the Second World War, uh, pictures of Hitler dancing, all kinds of stuff, but in their mint, mint condition. And I had an agent come over to look at them. And I've been 
working on it for about 10 years. And she came over, loved the, the collection. We made an agreement. She went home the next day this happened. <laughs> oh no. The next day it happened after 10 years. So uh, she called me and we said, well, we'll, we'll talk in the future. So uh, if it would have lasted another week, I probably would have sold them all. <laughs> so now we still have them all in the garage. You still there. have them? We right. still have yeah. them. Like, what are we going to, it yeah. takes up like, you know, a huge portion of the garage. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll write a protocol for you and you can sell them. I mean, come on. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Yeah. <laughs> And she's, you, she's been after me for like the last five years to get it completed, you know, because I listed every newspaper and we talked back and forth, back and forth. And we finally got together. We shook hands and wow, let's go for it. <laughs> Next day we got up and what is this? You know? Oh, geez. Yes. And they've been in, they've been down there for how long? 30 years? But I had them for about 20 years. Uh, ooh, I, bought it, I bought it from a producer actually who had the collection. And and uh, there's, there's books actually called Extra Extra as well. We'll send you one. It has all these uh, news, uh, newspaper headlines. And you mo enjoy most, it. Yeah, most headline books that you read, you can't read the article, you just read the headline. But this yeah. man, you could, you could read everything and they're great. So oh. you'll send me an extra. Yeah, we'll send you yeah. one. Okay. <laughs> you know, talking about COVID, we couldn't believe it. Um, we've been like taking drives to the beach empty beaches, yeah. and it's just to walk on the beach and it's really nice, but we had gone to a beach in Long Beach, California. We could not believe it. The beach was packed and nobody had masks on, right? It was, it was incredible. Same in Florida. We, Florida was the same yeah, way. Yeah, Florida was the same way I heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. We just drove on. So as, as people in the performing arts, particularly, you know, I know you both sing, which is arguably one of the uh, easier ways to to spread this disease. What, I mean, what did this what did this do to the performing artists in general? You guys are, you know, established in your careers, and it sounds like you had, you know, you have other things going on, which is great. But um, you know, the people that you were working with and everybody else, how did that affect? other performing artists that you saw? I think we've, we're all going through the same thing. Yeah. All work is stopped for everybody. You know, we take walks every night at beautiful areas. We're a different area every night. A lot of these homes, million dollar homes are, are going up for sale now because people who have a lot of money, uh, they, they invest. And if you invest in a strip mall, if you if you're an investor, strip mall, forget it now. You just there's no one, you know. The, yeah. Everyone's out of business. They just can't survive. So a lot of these people who are in our business are very successful. They're they're having a rough time now. Yeah. You know, their, their taxes are ten thousand dollars a year, and they're making they're not making anything. It just stopped. Yeah. You know, as a producer, um, with my company, I think of, and I I've been thinking about this. Let's say we do get a show, right? And something opens up. And even if COVID is kind of, it's clear, it, it's, I don't think it's going to be clear within a year where you could get up and perform and feel free. Mm -hmm. But I think of having six performers on stage and in rehearsals with the tech crew and the sound men and, 
and the lighting man and all the people mm-hmm. running around, you know, back there, what is that going to be like? I mean, even if you're, we're so programmed right now not to go near anybody. I mean, what is that going to be like when people start singing and breathing on each other? If you have an intimate moment in Phantom of the Opera, I mean, what is that going to be like? You know, even, even if you know people are okay, you still have that in the back of your mind. Right. Yeah. You'll have to have Romeo and Juliet with a piece of plexiglass in between them. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know but and so it's there's a lot to figure out down the road I mean Broadway isn't going to open for a long time and they're they're all any any theater is going to have the same problem so mm-hmm. we don't know what it looks like or what's going to happen we have no idea you know, especially cruise ships I doubt if they'll ever come back because yeah when I worked on cruise ships if someone got a cold almost everyone on, on uh, everyone you know you all breathe the same air yeah. And uh, it's, uh, it's uh, I don't, I think that industry is, is over with right now. You know, may, maybe 10 years from now, I may start up again, but no one's going to take a chance like that. But there's so, so much happening. Yeah. No, go on. I was going to say, on, I was going to say there's so much happening on Zoom and performers, you know, performing on Zoom, but it's not the same. And yeah, yeah. what they did do in one of, um, one of the senior places they wanted to show they wanted their residents to have entertainment but of course there's no live entertainment so they took videos they took videos and each room had a tv where you could watch watch the video of the show so that's what a couple of people are doing that works. And what happens with that, if they pay you, right? They pay you to see a show. You never know when they're going to play it again. They <laughs> could just take it and run, <laughs> you know, run it and just play it whenever they want. So it's crazy. It's crazy. And everyone is just laying low right now. What do you, I mean, this can't, particularly for the arts, you know, so much of the culture in New York and even Florida and California is based in the performing arts. Do you see this, do you see the way that we handle performing arts changing as we move forward? We do, but we don't know what that looks like yet. I don't know how it will ever be the same. I mean, I don't, I don't think it will ever be the same, especially if if COVID is going to be seasonal, you know, I, it, I think, I, I don't know if it maybe, in, I don't know. Nobody knows what's going to happen with theater. I mean, when you think of Broadway, the expense, I mean, the expense and how, how are people going to survive? How is the theater going to survive? Um, we don't know. Yeah, standard Broadway experiences with your intermission and your mingling and everything else is right. a cry from Shakespeare in the park with the added foot distance. Right. I think virtual is going to be very big. Uh, Tony Robbins, you know who he is, right? Mm-hmm. Tony Robbins, uh, he did a virtual where there were like people from all over the world. He, he produced his studio in Florida. There were about 10,000 videos, screens all over the place. And uh, he did a he did a, a seminar 
and there were people from uh, Africa and Switzerland, all over the world in that one seminar. And he was saying that, uh, you know, he used to have to travel and hope, hopefully there were 5,000 people there. Now he can, you know, have 100,000 people in his audience. So uh, they're gonna start, I think, going virtual again. I mean, if you wanna, if you wanna see a famous singer, uh, you know, you, it's like watching one television. You don't have to go to the theater anymore. Well, and I think that's it has to do that. It's well, look, they had they showed Hamilton on PBS. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. They showed Hamilton um, and a couple of other, you know, a couple of other shows. But um, who knows? We don't know. We're just waiting patiently to mm -hmm. see what happens. Yeah, I guess there, there are pros and cons in that you don't have to be on the cruise ship or on the airplane all day, but you also lose just like the, the, the wonder and the ambience of going to live theater. Exactly. The theater, yeah. Right? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I remember I used to go to see Broadway shows and try to figure out where the actors skipped lines and where the light tech screwed up cues. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I couldn't stage manage, so that was that was Yeah, we well, were behind the scenes for a while. Yeah. yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can't do that with the movie. No, the excitement of the theater. We had gone to see, um, oh, God. God? Yeah. No, oh, what's the name of that <laughs> show? I hear he's mad. Hugh Jackman, boy from Oz. And we had gone, you know, and when the overture started, not only was it exciting, but I didn't know this, that one of my musical directors that I started out in the business, Jim Lave, was the musical director for, for, for that show. That's <laughs> awesome. And I saw him standing there conducting, right? And he had been with me for years. He went to Switzerland with me. I mean, he's been with me for years. And, um, and then he started to do some other things. And there he was. It was so exciting. So I'm just saying the excitement of a Broadway show and the standing ovation that went on literally for 20 minutes at mm -hmm. the end. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could never see that on Zoom or, you know, or ever replicate that. That's true. Yeah. And there's a lot of their connections and networking to be done as well. Yeah. Um, we, we mentioned me flying and doing stage managing. I don't talk about myself on these interviews, but the reason I worked on Broadway is because one of my pilot student, actually two of my pilot student friends were the lead light designers on Wicked. So they're the oh, reasons good. I worked on Broadway for, so, for, for that summer. Oh. But yeah, I guess you're, you know, you're exactly what you're saying. Like you lose, you lose all those connections if we're not going anywhere in person. It'll never be the same. At least not for a while. Not for a while. But, you know, they're trying to do some outdoor theater. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. I imagine California would be fairly well suited to outdoor theater, even in winter. Uh, it gets pretty cold. It does. It's down to what, 42? 40, yeah. Like 40 mm -hmm. tonight. Yeah. So people always think that it's really warm in California during mm -hmm. the winter, but it gets really cold at night. And it's funny, I mean, we do have shows coming through California, but it's not really a theater town. It's more movie, TV, movie and TV town. Yeah. So, I mean, you get like the big hits coming in, 
you know, to the Almondson Theater, but it's not really a theater town. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. But we'll see, of course, in New York in the summer, they have the outdoor, the big parks, you know, where they bring in a lot of names and a lot of shows and, and, um, and those are actually really nice. But when we're talking about Broadway, the inside theater, you know, like you said, with people mingling and going to the bathrooms and, and intermission and yeah. It, it takes the fun out of uh, events, you know, it really does. And it takes the intimacy out of uh, life in, in general. Cause you, like you said, when you go to a theater, maybe uh, one person is speaking, but you look at the other person, see what their reaction is. And uh, if someone makes a mistake, you, you know, it's not obvious, but if you catch it, there are little things you look for. You, you're a critic when you watch a show sometimes, you know, but on uh, virtual, that's, that's all gone. I mean, it's just, you, it is what it is. And you just, uh, I don't know, it just takes that little, takes that little thought in your head, trying to figure things out or, or thinking what's going to happen next, you know, because you're involved, you're almost part of the scene when you're at a Broadway show, you're, you're in that theater, you know, you're with them. And uh, virtual, it's, you know, it's just, it's just not the same, but we're going to have to adjust to it, I think, I think. Uh, I will say the lines for the bathroom are shorter now, so that's yeah. good. <laughs> So what I tell myself is that I'm on vacation for a year or two. <laughs> Well-deserved, too. Do you, do you find that, I guess now that the world is lacking in your art, so to speak, um, that people appreciate what you do more? Um, I think the people who know us and know the business appreciate it more. But I think most people are really, they're so, they're in, they're in such doubt of what's going to happen tomorrow, you know, that uh, I, I think they, they're trying to figure their own, life, their own life out, you know. I think it, they appreciate what they have more or had more, yes. you know, mingling with friends, going out, yes. I think, or going to the movies or going to the theater. I think it's more of um, an overall picture than rather just the entertainment, but just things in general of their, how their lives were, you know, and how it is now. I know of quite a few people, they just can't stand it. They can't stand being in and they can't mm. stand being alone, which it, you know, I'm sure it's very difficult for people that are by themselves, you know, so they're just trying to fill those days and, and uh, do the best they can. But as far as just, People in theater, yes, absolutely, you know, realize. But the general, I think, I think it's just a, a bigger picture of, of everything and especially what's going on in the world and everything and what we've all gone through, you know, lately. So I think it's just like a whole, a whole picture rather than I miss the theater or, you know. I miss the theater. <laughs> Yeah. for some oh, yes yeah. for some absolutely but yeah so oh, but so many thousands of people out of work from broadway shows and it's like what i mean what are they gonna do i mean i mean some people that's what all they depended on you know i mean for their work 
we're lucky, we're, we're okay, but so many people are just not knowing what's gonna happen next. So for those people, as you, you guys seem, you know, very well adjusted, you have each other and your vacation sounded awesome. Um, I wanna hear all about your bathroom. Um, but do you have <laughs> any words of wisdom either to those, you know, young people who just graduated, went to New York, figured they'd work as a waiter to kind of make ends meet. And I, I can see, you know, you can't see the faces you're making on the podcast, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Do you have anything that you can impart to those uh, fellow thespians who might be listening? Oh boy. You know, it's just a rough time for everybody. And I think anybody who, if you have a passion, if you have a passion for show business or whatever connection you have to it, that passion isn't going to go away. I mean, it's still going to be with you and you just have to hang in there till everything turns around. Okay. If you don't have a passion, you might want to look for something else, you know, to do. But if you have that passion, I mean, something's going to turn around at some point. I think it's really important for people to realize that when something happens that's so, that affects you so much that you, instead of letting it pull you down and feel negative about it, look at that as a time to do something else, maybe prepare yourself a little more for when it, when it breaks, maybe you'll be a better actor then or a better singer or whatever, whatever you're, vocation is uh, you could you use this time because there you there's definitely always always something that you can do to make yourself better while the until the bad times are gone and rather than dwell on oh poor me this is going to happen my career is gone well it, it's, it's happening to everyone so it's up to you whether you want to make yourself a little better actor a better singer a better person so you can work on yourself you know and, and your goals you know. And that we're all in this together, you know, all the entertainers, all the performers, and we're all going to pull through this, you know, just, it will just take time, but we're all sticking together. And uh, while we're on that, the people who appreciate the performing arts who maybe don't participate, what can we do to help support uh, people such as yourselves or, or those young budding performers? You know, I think, well, first of all, I think there are funds like from the equity funds or, or for performers, I think um, maybe like GoFundMe type of things or for performers that are having a hard time. But, um, you know, just keep, keep watching shows like PBS. I mean, I know it's not theater, but your hand is in there, you know, keep supporting uh, the, the entertainment field the best that you can, whatever comes to you, whatever way, it, that's, that's all I can suggest is there's so much out there and there's so much to, to see and, and just keep supporting it the, the best you can. Do you have any ideas? Any suggestions? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's... It's a tough time. It is. It's, 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 it's a tough time. It's a tough time, but you know what? It's easier said than done sometimes. Everyone has tough times during their lives up until the pandemic. Uh, my tough time may have been last year. Yours may have been 10 years ago. But uh, everyone has that. But we all have it at the same time. 
And now it's time for each to support each other. I remember when I was in New York, that's when the blackout hit. Uh, I mean, I was in the library and all of a sudden the lights went out and we didn't know what it was. We went outside, all the stoplights were out. Every, every light was out in New York City and people were helping each other because they all had the same problem at the same time. And uh, I mean, while I was walking down the street, a little lady was in her car and said, can I give you a lift? Now, a week later, when the lights came back on, if I stepped off the curb, she would have blown her horn and screamed at me, you know? So when uh, people come together when times are bad, and I think in the long run, when this is all over, we'll be all proud of ourselves that, that we helped each other and we did something with, with, uh, with the problem we had, you know? Uh, I, I think when Broadway opens, it's gonna be one of the most exciting times. <laughs> when Broadway comes back to life. I agree with that. So before we wrap this up, is there anything else you guys want to share, pieces of wisdom you want to impart or upcoming projects you want to inform us about? N none other than what we've spoken about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Really, I mean, Jim's doing his writing, and and um, and I will continue. I kind of put Broadway tonight to rest right now, but we'll start up again. I know we'll start up again, and um, yeah. And I think the most important thing is that we're healthy. I mean, yeah. I think that's the most important thing, and that. You just have to stay strong and stay healthy during this time. And like I said, there's so much out there to learn, to learn about. And thank God for Zoom and thank God for YouTube and all the wonderful people that are on there. And, and you could learn so much. And that's really all that we can do at this time. You know, it's wonderful because I see your face on the screen. You have a beautiful smile. If I if I saw you tomorrow, I would say, "Oh, hello." We've talked before. This there wasn't no one. No one did Zoom. Uh, my relatives are back in Pennsylvania. I saw them once every year, maybe once every two years. Now I can talk to them every night on the phone or on, on, on Zoom. I can see them, and there's uh, a there's an intimacy there as well that we we never would have discovered if this didn't happen. You know, so. You have to try to find something that's positive about everything that's negative. Otherwise, it's going to it'll destroy you. you know? I want to say one thing. There's also a lot to learn during this time. Not only like what's out there on Zoom or, or YouTube, but a lot about yourself. And I'll give you an example. Prior to COVID, we had been running to Florida I had been flying here, flying there. Um, I was always making 20 reservations, airfares, hotels. I was always, always running, you know, and to different places. Most of my life is, you know, most of my life, I mean, I've toured for most of my life. And when this stopped, it was almost like, who am I? I have to be with me now without flying to all these places, without doing, without making reservations, without, and it took a while to adjust, you know, to be comfortable not doing all of this. And it takes you to another place of 
awareness of who you are, you know, and then other things come from that. So it was very interesting, you know, to go through that. It wasn't easy at the beginning. It wasn't easy. But um, so there's a lot, a lot to learn, even through COVID. It's what's it's given us time. You know, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's that's my words of wisdom. <laughs> Those are good words. All right. Well, thank you both so much for joining me tonight and uh, sharing all your insights. And uh, we will we will do this again. Yes, okay. it was fun. Good luck, and uh, hope you fly again. When you fly, <laughs> when you fly again, think of us. Of course, I will. Okay. <laughs>